Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 13. Now, today is our first ever interview of a teacher, and we are lucky enough to have Jared Robinson. So a little Snapchat of what you are going to get in today's episode is we're going to be talking about Jared's upbringing, um, how the PE geek started, um, where he got with all his apps, connected PE, um, and also the teacherpreneur, which is a new thing that he's just started, and basically giving teachers ideas and ways to start businesses with the amazing resources that we create. Um, Also, we're going to go through Jared's top three education breaks and much more. So get ready. I hope you enjoy our first interview with Jared Robinson. Alrighty, guys. uh, Welcome back to episode number 13 of the Energetic Education Podcast. And today we've got a little bit of a treat. It's going to be something different. So I know in previous episodes, uh, we've really been focusing on sort of story-based workouts um, and meditations. Today, I'm going to go through and do my first actual interview and really excited. One of my good mates, um, I've had a lot to do with him over the years uh, and recently too with a few things, but uh, without uh, any more sort of talking about Jared Robinson, welcome to the podcast. Awesome for having me. Um, Appreciate the opportunity to jump on this brand new podcast. No worries, mate. And yeah, as you as you know, it is only episode number thirteen. And um, for those who don't know, Jared and myself uh, went to university together. And we actually grew up about three minutes apart. So um, I know I've done a few episodes on your podcast, mate. But it's uh, yeah, it's great to have you on mine. Yeah, as as for sure. And um, it's, it's nice to see this little podcast come out into fruition. I know you're delivering some massive value to people. So pleasure to be here. Yeah, perfect, mate. Now, for those uh, that obviously don't know you, Jared, which is probably a bit, bit rare, and I noticed the other day on your Twitter handle, you've got the blue tick now, mate. So I think that really means you're uh, moving up in the world. Um, can you, uh, yeah, just give us a little bit of a background of where you're from, mate, your teaching and everything like that? Well, I grew up in Marupna, so across the, the river from you, um, being a Shep boy, and eventually went down the path of heading to Ballarat to do some phys ed teaching and uh, you ended up there as well, and f- strangely enough, we ended up in the same unit um, at residence, and you know, got to kn- got to know each other there. And then eventually, we ended up into this teaching world, this phys ed teaching world, and um, realized that we had pretty similar interests in um, sort of creating stuff for teachers. And we were, I think, we we're right time, right place, in that the internet was sort of coming into fruition, um, you know, for you and me, and. It gave us this opportunity to create these resources um, for PE teachers. You focus on fitness and uh, activities that get people active, and my thing is technology. I help teachers use tech um, in their classes to help with engagement, help with learning, and I've been quite happy to be able to travel the planet and, and do that um, you know, face-to-face and in person and through webinars and all sorts of things. I love it. Yeah, and, you, and you've done it really well, mate, where you've really just transformed the market and the way people teach. Now, you didn't always just be world domination with a blue tick on your Twitter handle, mate. Where, when you were teaching at Bort Secondary College, um, where, where did this all come from? What, what made you want to make an app or get into the technology side of things? I was always passionate about technology. Like I think back to the 
you know, one Christmas, may have been like 1988 or 80, I don't know, 1990 perhaps, and we got the first Nintendo, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay, yep. And I just loved, I just loved the fact that you could, you know, get so immersed in um, some of these experiences. But at the same time, you know, I love to go out and play football and athletics and track and field. And so I always grew up with this appreciation of the two of those things. And then eventually it just made sense to go and do PE teaching and then also do technology as my second method. What, what, was you, what did you pick as your second method? I did, I did health, which yes. sort of led yeah. down my passion as well as for sort sure. of health and fitness. Yeah, yeah so, so that so makes you, sense for you got me. That, yeah, yep. And then I so ended, you got up that board, little... ended up at Bort and um, from there it was, you know, a license, a creative license to be able to... Um, utilize technology and uh, and probably unique to the place that I s- taught in bought was that it's a small school you know you've got a little bit more freedom than say a larger school where there's you know a couple of hundred staff and everyone's trying to do stuff the same because you know you, you sort of need that in a larger school but in a smaller school there's a lot more freedom and um, you know I just got to try things um, you know it was before the iPhone craze but we we're using laptops and able to try this program and then try this and then do that. And at the very same time, Twitter sort of came into existence. And when you start to see what other people are doing and you can sort of, you know, get encouraged by that and try it yourself, it just sort of spreads like wildfire. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. And for those that uh, teachers out there that aren't using Twitter, um, you can follow uh, Jared at Mr. Robbo. Um, that's his Twitter handle. And you'll get some amazing content there. And I know you're the one that opened my eyes to Twitter, I think, about three and a half years ago. And personally, um, for developing as a teacher, it is one of the best things I've done. So not only do you get to sort of flow ideas and feed off people that you teach with but you've got this whole connected sort of network of teachers around the globe and um, I know you've been like really big on building that up mate so that's another sort of tick to your cap there but um, yeah so when you say that you you've obviously got a passion for this what what was the first uh, product that you thought I'm going to make and and talk us through how you went about doing that yeah I mean I, I just saw this iPhone come out you can probably remember the days like 2008 or nine, and everyone started talking about apps and iPhones and they were the big hot item of the, the calendar year. And I got one and then I looked through the store and I realised that there was, you know, there wasn't heaps for phys ed people. You know, if you're a phys ed teacher and you came on, there wasn't any, anything in particular that you might have used other than, say, RunKeeper. You remember the app RunKeeper that came out? Yeah, I do. Yep. Mm. So that was sort of got me triggered. And I'm like, hey, you know, this is cool. You can go for a run and it tracks you. Um, And that very same day I was in my PE class and um, I was trying to set up and uh, and do the Cooper's 12-minute fitness test with my year year 12 students, 18 years of age. And it just was a burden. I had to go and walk around the entire 400-meter field and, and put markers down every 10 meters or something. And I just, it took me about 45 minutes and I thought, wouldn't this be good if you could run just for 12 minutes and um, you could get how far you ran at the end of that 12 minutes and therefore be able to do the Cooper's test, the fitness test, which is a brutal test, by the way, if you've never done it. And <laughs> it's really hard. And, you know, I just, I got started. I contacted someone online at this place called Elance, which no longer exists, but there's plenty of other places like it and um, hired someone who happened to be in, um, I think they were in India or Pakistan and shared my idea and then put up the money to make that happen. 
and it was a bit of a gamble because who knows if it's going to work out and um, it did manage to work out. It probably wasn't the most brilliant thing I'd ever built um, but it was the first of many to come and it solved an audience need and it helped you facilitate the 12-minute Cooper's test. And if you go to the store now and look for um, 12-minute fitness test in the app store, you'll be able to find that very first app. As it is now, we've made some changes, but, yeah, that's what sort of set the seed. And that, uh, and that just got you thinking, mate, and uh, since then you've just sort of gone crazy. And I, I thought I had a lot of apps, but uh, you've just taken this to another level, mate. What's your current count at now? I think we've done well over... You know, we've done well over 100 all up. Um, you know, not most of them are education PE-based, but we have dabbled in some other areas, probably not successfully. I mean, at one, <laughs> at one point we built um, a game because we thought that would be cool and we went after, um, the, you know, the gaming world and built this game called Bug Drop and it was really not successful at all. But when we realised that we could build apps and, you know, if they were useful to PE teachers, because let's face it, people are only going to use things that they find are useful. Um, to them and uh, and that was what we sort of focused on in the last sort of three four years building stuff for a phys ed audience or a, a, someone who's involved in getting people active and, and you know moving and whenever we've done that it's been helpful for people consuming them and as a result they've um, been successful yeah nice and I, I had a bit of a chuckle there mate because I I also went down the path of uh making some apps like that. I made one called Koala Pop where you have to pop these koalas' heads and they, the more you do it, the better result you get. And I, and I know one stage we were uh, sharing sort of app ideas and I made three pokey machine ones as well and, and I could go on and on and I'm sure you could, but uh, I really like what you said there that the main apps that just dominate for you and have really built your brand are ones that – uh, handy for you and, and everything you make is because it's helping you in the classroom and then obviously everybody else is probably in the same boat and it's really, really beneficial for everyone's teaching. So I, I think that's sort of the big message you're going with there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, people only buy something for them personally if it's going to make them better off. You know, when you, when you hire a builder to build your house, you don't hire them because you feel sorry for the builder and you want to give them money. You, you, you hire them because they're going to deliver something for you that has high value and that is obviously something you can live in. But that same mentality applies whenever, no matter what you're doing. If, if you, know, you go to the app store and you're looking for an app to get, you're thinking about it from how is it going to benefit me. So all we've done is just produced a series of applications that do exactly that. You know, we think that they might be useful for, for people. Um, they, if they think it's useful, they may get it and they may find that it's helped them in some way. Yeah, and, and I think you're selling yourself short a little bit. You, you've gone even into other fields. I know you've got like drama apps and, and other apps that would just help general teachers all over. So this sort of goes under the umbrella as a PE geek. Now, that's what you're known as around the globe. How did this come about, mate, like the PE geek? It's a very strange name. Catchy, I like it, but surely you didn't think of that yourself, mate. Well, there, you know, there was a student in my class in the very first year that I started using tech in in the classroom and I can still remember him. I still sort of, you know, keep up to, up with this student a lot. Um, okay. and, and he basically just sort of said it as a quip, you know, just this like throwaway comment like, oh, that's like a PE geek or that's literally what he said, you know, as I was imp introducing something to the class and I sort of just went, that's absolutely perfect and, and ran with it. And, um, you know, it's sort of, it's a little bit um, sort of polar opposite in, in a way that it sort of it works because it's, you know, a little bit intriguing, I guess, to that extent. But 
um, it's, yeah, people, that's what they know us as now. And um, we you know, sort of just, yeah, grow from audience to audience through that name. And uh, we didn't start off with those sort of intentions, but it's definitely where it's gone to. And for any evidence as to there was no planning in this, this all you need to do is look at what my Twitter handle actually is. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> anything that, you know, we talk about. It's at Mr. Robbo. And that's literally how things are. You know, I was a PE teacher called Mr. Robbo. And I just had an interest in tech and eventually led to this blog called The PE Geek and um, all these apps and workshops and so on. Yeah, so and you've just mentioned a little bit I'm going to go on with there. So your main brand and everything you do sort of branches from The PE Geek that you got the name from your student. So you owe him, uh, you owe him something in the future. But what, what else can we find on your PE Geek website? And, uh, yeah, and talk us through a little bit about sort of how it's evolved over the years. Well, yeah, we, we sort of evolved through that period of early um, Web 2.0 craze when it was just things that you could do on the internet that um, just seemed to be so far into the future. But then somewhere along the lines, these smartphones appeared in our hands and that changed the game for phys ed because, you know, it, it was really difficult to integrate tech before then because you obviously had to be at a, at a computer and that didn't really gel well with what we do as a profession. But when you start bringing in iPhones and iPods and Android devices and tablets and so on, then you, can, then you can be mobile while these things happen. So that would be the big change. And the thing that really propelled us was doing the training around how to use those things. And that meant uh, face-to-face, so travelling um, you know, in Australia and all around the world, teaching teachers how to use the devices that their school had given them. And that's quite often how we get engaged. You know, a school will contact us act us and say we're being pressured by our district or our school has bought these devices and we don't know how to use them in a PE space and you know how to do it meaningfully and we set up webinars that people can access on the on the website and we set up a podcast and we set up um, all of our face-to-face stuff uh, our conferences and so on and the whole goal is to upskill people so they feel confident in using tech but not just for tech's sake but because it's going to benefit their class. Yeah, and I think I think you've done that really well, mate, that not only do you have all this amazing content on your website, but by doing it in person, um, and I've seen you present, you're fantastic, that the the content you deliver in a day is so much better than what you'd ever get by reading a blog, listening to a podcast. Like, all these things are fantastic, but the amount of knowledge that people can get from your sessions in a day is outstanding. And I suppose this sort of leads to my next question. So... From the PE Geek going fantastic, you've branched out now and you've started a new brand with your lovely partner, Amy, called Connected PE. Now, could you tell me a little bit about this and, and what made you go down starting like another brand? Well, yeah, I mean, we've spoke, the PE Geek is very heavily, you know, centred around technology and phys ed. And, um, you know, if you, if you sliced up phys ed and, you know, how many different areas make up potential opportunities to train people in. It's, you know, there's so many. It's not just technology. And um, we think that the model that we have arrived on that, you know, that we use for our training is applicable to all those areas. So whether it's assessment, whether it's, um, you know, fitness games and activities or whether it's, you know, different strategies to engage people who are not engaged. Whatever, whatever you're trying to do in your phys ed space, we wanted to provide a platform to deliver that training. Uh, and then that way the PE Geek can do all the tech stuff and Connected PE can do all the, uh, all the other stuff that happened in phys ed. So that led us down the path of uh, the Connected PE conference, which you got to present at and just, just demolished 
uh, and will be at the next one that we <laughs> deliver. And um, yeah, it was really nice to be able to see that it was bigger than just technology and phys ed and um, people really seemed to enjoy it. And as part of the, um, the conference, we have the Connected PE community, which people you know, enroll in and then they get access to um, video recordings and training and all the stuff that we do. So yeah, it's been good um, to sort of broaden the scope of what we deliver with our training and, and that's been what Connected PE is about. Yeah, and I must admit, mate, that uh, the conference you threw in Dubai recently was just amazing. You know, there was over 160 teachers from like 30 different countries around the world. And for you to be able to pull something like that off and get all these like-minded people in the one space at one time was just amazing and such an honour to speak at. So I really look forward to see where you go with that space. And it also must be nice working with your partner, Amy, and, and building that brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good when you've got something that – um, you can see people really appreciate. So, um, you know, beyond, beyond um, you know, anything else, seeing someone who's gone to a conference and then, you know, they get back to their school and they're using, um, you know, games or something they learned. And this happened, you know, two days after the conference, I went to another school in Dubai and, um, you know, to check it out and I saw them using the games that you'd taught. And, and you know, that's, that's just the best thing completely um, that you can hope to, you know, achieve. Seeing this stuff filter throughout the country or throughout the planet... Um, is the most rewarding aspect of it for sure. Yeah, I, I must admit that uh, that really sort of made me pretty feel pretty special, I suppose, when you you get a picture of uh, people using the games that you've presented on and and different energy breaks and things like that that they've already gone back and started using them. And I think that's not only the beauty of a big conference like that, but just the connections that like you make around the world and that you can help each other out and you know you do different teaching styles and everything like that but it's really great to be able to do it on the internet through twitter and stuff but when you can actually put a face to these names um i I was blown away mate you did such a good job of it yeah no thank you no worries mate and i suppose one like and i've just got a couple more questions mate but uh leading on to you've started recently um another sort of venture and it's called the teacherpreneur.com and uh i, I won't steal too much of your thunder but um I'm, I'm really excited about this and um i will post uh links for jared's apps the connected pe his community um and also the teacherpreneur um you did a really fantastic article on me mate i, I really enjoyed it but can you Talk me through what the teacherpreneur is and and why why you've gone about creating this. Yeah, I mean, I you know over the last eight years, I guess I've probably had you know, hundreds of emails from people saying, you know, how do you build an app? Or you know, <laughs> I've got some good I've got some good ideas. You know, can I put them into an ebook? And where would I make that? And uh, is it okay for me to start a blog and then sell some lesson plans or whatever the case may be? And um, you know, I wanted to educate people about the fact that you can have a lot of impact through the internet. And if you're a teacher, then you've probably got all these massive skill sets that um, are not just applicable to this face-to-face version of teaching that we're so intrigued about. Um, you can deliver value in other ways uh, and you can use those skills to help a larger group of people than you possibly could have ever imagined. So the site is really geared towards giving people the know-how, the skills, the attitude, I guess, so they can go out and create something um, whether that's for them to generate some side income or whether that's just to purely, um, you know, float out their ideas into a, you know, a different medium. But um, that's the premise. And the good part about it is we've started interviewing lots of people like yourself who have done this, who have broken this mould of being trapped in um, their classroom when they've got so many good ideas. 
um, and they, you know, want to find a way to share them. And, you know, we're sort of just taking people through that journey and at the same time discovering um, other ways that people can do it um, through the internet. Yeah, and I must admit it's uh, for somebody that's, I don't know, made a few products and, you know, started presenting and has got websites and you now podcasts and, and things like that, it doesn't just happen. And it, I've really enjoyed not only you mentoring me over the years, but now reading about other teachers that are doing the same thing. So what, who who and what are sort of your clients or why, why should teachers check out the Teacherpreneur? Well, I just know if, if you're sitting here listening, you've got that little itch underneath you and you're like, you know, I've got these ideas and, um, you know, I feel like maybe my school isn't valuing them because let's face it, a lot of time you're working in the day-to-day school and um, sometimes you maybe you don't get appreciated for all that extra work that you put in. Well, there are places where you could be appreciated and that could be through delivering some of the things that you work hard on to produce for your students, which I think is brilliant, but, you know, you could benefit more people. Um, so the site is about helping people unlock that and for most of them it's a mindset thing more than anything you know they're already producing this stuff but they just you know don't know where to go to publish it for other people or um, or maybe they feel like that's wrong Um, but you know we really heavily sort of want to teach people that it's not wrong to be you know maybe selling an ebook that has in it um, lesson plans what ultimately that means is you can be more helpful Um, to other people and like I said before if people think that it's valuable they'll purchase it so we want to get people over that speed hump um, so that they can you know see the the power of this amazing internet yeah exactly right and I know you've spoken to me about this before that um, why just you know shelter yourself or only give your qualities or your profession to the students you teach you know you can be sharing the resources you've created and other teachers can be using them around the globe to benefit students everywhere um and i and that really hit home with me and i don't know do do you use that sort of message with others completely yeah and a lot of people say well okay great i should give it away for free but um you know that's that's a big part of what we do free stuff on our personal sites but at the same time nothing is free in the equation you can never give anything away for free there's obviously impact in your time which is not free and then there's the impact on the person who receives it that's not free but at the very same time Um, we have this higher perceived value for stuff that we pay for. So if you really think that your lesson plans are valuable and useful, then you sort of probably should charge for them, even just a small amount, so people take a little bit more attention and focus on using them um, and then get therefore get the value of whatever it is that you're producing. So the site really heavily sort of tries to teach people uh, around those things because um, there's a lot of power in... Um, you know, delivering stuff to people that's high quality um, and once you get past that little roadblock. Yeah, definitely, mate. And I think not only that, it might inspire a few other teachers out there that are a little bit scared to, you know, should I, shouldn't I invest a little bit of money, you know, is it making an app, starting a blog, doing a podcast, you know, creating an ebook, anything like that. As you said, it does take money, but just doing that first little project, you know, by going on the Teacherpreneur, it might give you that little nudge or little bit of encouragement that you've just been waiting for. And as I said, I know reading the articles and everything you're doing over there, there are so many amazing teachers around the globe that are doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a wave of people and, you know, we're at the present doing all the interviews so that we can uh, write a book in 2017, which we've started, and the book will be called The Teacherpreneur and we're going to interview Um, you know, about 20-something people and, um, you know, just give lots of people different ways to 
um, you know, do this sort of stuff. But, I, you know, I'm really excited. We wrote an article recently about how, help, how selling actually is very tied to making you a better teacher. And yep. you know, I, I think it sort of strikes harder. People, people ignore it. There's a lot of similarities between trying to sell something to someone and then therefore um, the teaching environment. Like, you know, you have to develop empathy and listening skills for the person that you're trying to sell something to so you can present the right product. Is that not like the classroom? Yeah, yeah, you're trying to understand the student and their conditions so that you can present the best um, learning opportunity. You know, you, you got to negotiate in a sales um, situation. You got to learn persistence. Definitely like that in the classroom, isn't it? Yeah, yeah no, you have to 100% be persistent. Is, so there's so many parallels between this, um, you know, being online and, and selling stuff to people and uh, and the classroom. So we want to share that with people. Yeah, and I, and I suppose for me four years ago or five years ago when I created my first app that I was just doing that because I was passionate about something and I think by actually creating a product, not only does it give you more motivation to, I don't know, keep teaching and work harder, but it's something to be really proud about. So if you, this is my big tip, if you've got an idea out there or you've got something that you do amazing that other teachers at your school level, your students Go on to the teacherpreneur, get some inspiration off Jared and the other teachers around the world that are doing the same thing. Yeah, love it. Perfect. All right, Jared, that's, a, as I said, all the links from what we just spoke about, I'm going to uh, add to the show notes. But I've got a, I've got a few questions here that I'm going to uh, fire the way of all my interviews. Um, if you, I know I haven't thrown these your way yet, but I'm sure uh, you'll handle them really well, mate. I've got three questions. You're right for these? Throw them at me. Perfect, mate. See if you can catch them. All right. First one, what made you want to become a teacher? I know that's pretty cliche, but uh, what, why, why did you go down this path? I just had, like I said, the love for sport and PE, and I thought that, you know, if I love sport, one of the, the cool things to do would be to help people uh, appreciate it as well. And um, it led me down that path. And I also had a good teacher. It always helps, doesn't it? You know, you could sort of see them and model them. And I, I think for the early days, I very much taught like that teacher and um, yeah, that would be what drove me. Yeah, nice, man. And, and I know I, I got into the game because I had two teachers. Do you, do you keep in contact with uh, that mentor or? Funnily enough, they came to one of our workshops. Um, oh, there yeah, was this whole big, you know, full circle thing where, you know, I'd seen them be a teacher and sort of was inspired by that. And then eventually, um, you know, many years after they, they turned up at our workshop and had a great day. And it was this, yeah, like this full circle thing. And I think that stuff's really cool. That's uh, that's pretty amazing, mate. Surely that that would have been a pretty proud moment for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. And uh, I already answered that very nicely. We'll go on to number two now. And as this podcast is all about different ways to give students energy and break up the class and, you know, just keep them motivated through different sort of not only fitness but meditation, brain breaks, everything like that, um, if you could pick – your top three education breaks, it could be apps, anything like that, um, what would they be currently? Cool. So, I mean, I couldn't answer this question without saying the Move It extension for Chrome, that's, you know, that's yep. been a killer. It's been a massive hit that we built um, just as a weekend project a few years ago. But if you've never used it, it's applicable for anyone who uses Google Chrome as their web browser. If that's not you, then you need to use this episode uh, pause it, go and download Chrome and abandon any other browser that you are using. But essentially, once you've installed the Move It um, extension, you set an interval that you'd like to be 
I'm going to say interrupted at because that's exactly what it does. And then you're browsing, doing your work, whatever you may be doing, and then it pops up full screen alert on your screen and um, basically gives you an exercise that you need to do then, then and there in the room. And you can't do anything until you've completed the exercise and hit done. So what we're seeing is we're seeing all these kids across the planet and schools install the the Move It extension, which is free, and um, doing these sort of active brain boost type activities um, either as a class or as individuals and, um, you know, sort of getting them moving in between their lessons. Mate, that's uh, that's unbelievable. And I know people love a free bargain and I'll go for that. If you're not using Google Chrome, get involved. So that's that's your first one, Move It. What's uh, number two? I love the um, active paper, scissors, um, you know, rock game where you have yep. – different stations and people play paper scissors rock at the first station if they win they progress up and if you lose you stay at that station you battle someone else Um, but you have to run between the stations and the idea at the end is to have as many laps completed as as you possibly can um you know that activity i do mate i do a recent last weekend we're in auckland running a workshop for uh boot camp instructors and that is one that we actually use in boot camps as well so you can use that in the classroom pe lesson boot camp can use it in any setting at all and everybody knows papers is a rock so i i couldn't agree more mate that's a fantastic game yeah for sure so that'd be one and i really love this game called uh, i'm going to call it mission impossible it probably goes by other names but you need a sort of open area and um, it can be a classroom as well, but you probably play it with modified rules. But you basically, when um, when the game starts, everyone's just filling space. So they're walking around that open area and they're moving in and out. And uh, then you give a signal, which usually is, say, go or a whistle or I don't know, whatever you want to use. And then at that point, they have to pick someone in the group and they have to shadow that person without being noticed. And basically what happens <laughs> is it, it, it sort of leads into these... Um, other discussions that you can have about offensive and defensive activities, but you you have to follow someone without them knowing who you're following, and you know the whole room's walking around in this sea of activity. But then you increase it by saying they have to um, follow two people and always be between those two people. So you know they've got to try and position themselves in between the one person who they're following and the other person. So it's like a an awareness type <laughs> event, but then you can do Mission yep. Impossible mode, which is three people, and you've got to sort of fit in the middle of all three people. So uh, there's a million ways you can do it as just an activity, like an energizer, or it can be a sort of tactical, offensive, defensive strategy type um, event. I'm going to call it Mission Impossible. Done. And I suppose that would be a great sort of discussion topic as well, you know, like if you you started your day off that with that or a new, new like class or anyone, like the discussion you could have about all those sort of areas of development you've just mentioned would be huge. Yeah, it is. You can, yeah, you can lead it down so many paths, but a lot of the time I play it, it's, it's just a really fun energizer because if groups don't do it properly, they all end up in the one central spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's just a lot of fun as everyone's sort of trying to get close and they're trying to, you know, stay in the middle of their person. It leads to a lot of energy being sort of dispersed and that's the goal, I think. And, and I think the best thing about that you've just mentioned as well is that, uh, you know, there's no winners or losers. And that yeah, and that's really the same in the rock, paper, scissor game, you know. It's more about movement, having fun, getting active and interacting with each other. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah, which, which is, I think as teachers, you know, they're the sort of games that we want to be doing, particularly if you want to break up your lesson because the, the benefit for your class and not only how much more productive they will be is huge. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Jared, I'll, uh, I'll note those down as well. And I suppose just before I let you go today, mate, uh, 
if you're a new teacher, which you're obviously not, you're quite uh, you're quite mature as a teacher now, mate. But uh, what's your best advice that you would give to a brand new teacher out, or or and I'm going to throw a two-parter here, or to a teacher that has been teaching for a while and has got this little urge to create something? Yeah, all right. I mean, I think you just have to be open and willing to learn. Um, that's whenever you're not learning, you're dying, and that's the reality of it. So. Um, whether you're a new teacher stepping into the classroom, you have to be open to learning from everything around you and not being afraid to sort of innovate and take things in your own. Uh, and that's the, I would say that's the same for older teachers too. There's this tendency to do what they did last year and the previous year, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but you should always be looking for ways to improve. Um, because like I said, when you're not learning, it's, you know, it's pretty clear that you're going down the path towards death quite brutal there but it's the truth we we live through this constant learning but sometimes teachers forget that uh, and i would say yeah i would say if you're you know you're thinking about creating this um, you know product or app or ebook or something just do it uh, it's far better out in the world than it is just sitting in your head you know you never know if it helps one or two people um, how much of an impact that could have for them yeah, perfect, Jaron. And uh, oh, well, it's been a been an absolute pleasure, mate. And uh, while I've still got you, I'd just, uh, for those listening, um, a lot of well, like the apps and uh, websites and workshops and everything I do now, it's has had a lot to do with Jared. He's been a really good mentor for me and he still is to this day. So for you to be my first interview on uh, this brand new podcast, mate, it's, uh, it's really pleasing for me. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for everything you do, buddy. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Um, any, any chance to chat is always um, something I want to do, so let's do it again. Perfect. Thanks for that, mate. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Hopefully you had your pen and paper out and took amazing notes on that interview. Jared's uh, a wealth of knowledge and just leading the way in a lot of things he does with his teaching. Uh, that brings us to the end of episode number 13. Uh, if you really like that, we'd love to hear some feedback either through our website or a nice review on iTunes. Next episode, episode number 14, is another story-based workout where you're going to be put through your paces of an educational story about what will you be when you grow up. It's a pretty exciting one and one that we really enjoyed putting together. Thanks for that, guys. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers. See you later.